Today, as we continue this year-long series that God has given us, the series is entitled Restore, Support, and Strengthen, which is our theme for the year 2021, theme that we introduce on Watch Night. This is another message. Our text for today's message is found in the book of Ezra. In fact, this is, uh, I checked just to make sure, the first time in 40 years that I've actually preached from the book of Ezra. And I'm excited about what God has to say to us today. Chapter 1 of the book of Ezra, the Old Testament writings of Ezra, chapter 1 and verses 1 through verse 3. And we're reading from the New Living Translation this morning. From the New Living Translation, the book of Ezra, beginning at the first verse uh, from the first chapter, hear the reading of God's holy word. In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, the Lord fulfilled the prophecy he had given through his servant Jeremiah. He stirred the heart of Cyrus, one translation that I particularly like says he touched the heart of Cyrus to put this proclamation in writing and to send it throughout the kingdom. Verse 2, this is what King Cyrus of Persia says. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. He has appointed me to build him a temple this is what the secular king says. To build a temple at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. And verse 3 is where the subject for today's message is found. Listen to what it says. Any of you who are of his people may go to Jerusalem. A translation that I like says, go back to Jerusalem. In Judah to rebuild the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel who lives in Jerusalem. And may your God be with you. We ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. Once again, that first clause of verse 3, King Cyrus, the secular king of Persia, says this. Any of you who are of his people may go back to Jerusalem in Judah to rebuild the temple of the Lord. For the next few moments, I want to speak to you from this subject. Two words, two words and a punctuation, exclamation mark. The two words simply says, coming back. Those of you who are virtual, text out, coming back. To the leaders in here, just shout one time so I know I'm preaching to somebody. Coming back. Amen. Amen. Coming back. Send it out all week. Coming back. Exclamation mark. Listen, it is said, and I agree with this assessment, that perhaps there are few things in life that are more exciting and more rewarding than to be a part of an incredible 
come back. Somebody type come back, say come back. Few things that are more excited than an incredible comeback, be it physical. Those of you who've had physical therapy after the, an accident or an illness, you know what I'm talking about. Be it emotionally, having perhaps gone through a personal crisis, family crisis, uh, to bounce back, come back is exciting and it is rewarding. Be it financially, if you've ever lost your resources and to get it back is something that will make you shout, that will help you say hallelujah, thank you, Lord, as Job discovered lost, losing everything. Or be it spiritually, hmm. to come back as we see in Luke chapter 15 with the prodigal son. His father said, this is my son who was lost, but now he is found. Come back. Somebody send out the word come back. Perhaps somebody who's not even listening or viewing have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Just send them a message with an exclamation mark that says coming back. Amen. Listen, the noted author and pastor Tony Evans is quoted as saying, and I quote his words. Evans says, comebacks don't seem likely when your back is against the wall and your hope is depleted. He goes on to say, and I quote, but if you will stay the course, <laughs> you will discover God's power to reverse the irreversible <laughs> in your life. There's some witnesses on that. Somebody know that God can reverse the irreversible. Listen, I, I am sure that most of us would admit that what we have experienced over the past 14 months is unlike anything we've ever experienced before. And for many, perhaps your backs were definitely against the wall. And a way out may have seemed very difficult. If you bury the loved ones, I feel your pain. Talk to someone who said, perhaps the saddest thing is that I wasn't there when they passed away. I wasn't in the hospital room. Wasn't able to hold somebody's hand. You lost a job. If you've been through a health crisis, in the past 14 months, if you did not know how you were going to make it and you felt like a time, can we just be honest and transparent? You were going to lose your mind to be standing here today and to lift your hands to say hallelujah. That's a comeback. Okay. That's giving God the glory. We said in a message that I preached April 25th. Uh, that the fever has broken. And we said at least the fever is breaking. And in fact, I declare and decree a thing, as Job said in Job chapter 22. Allow me to declare, and these are just my words. And people say, Pastor, are these words prophetic? 
These are my words that the Lord gave me to say. I declare and I believe that we are on the verge of a great comeback. Now you don't have to accept it. You don't have to accept it. But I accept that. I accept that we are on the verge of a great comeback. Now, let me help you out. This does not mean that all of our hardships, this does not mean that all of our headaches are over. It simply means that we have come, listen to this, through some pretty difficult times and that a great and powerful comeback is on its way. Uh, somebody just shout, it's on its way. <laughs> it is on its You've got to declare it before you see it. You have to say it uh, before you feel it. <laughs> You've got to believe that God is turning it around before it turns around. <laughs> Listen, everybody loves a great comeback story. Am I right? There are several biblical examples of some incredible, what I call, comeback stories that occurred against all odds. For the next few moments, just before we get into the text, I just want to share briefly a few examples of biblical as well as a couple of secular comeback stories. Number one is Samson. Samson, perhaps one of the most beloved biblical characters in the Bible, not just because of his iconic super hero type strength but I contend to you it was because of his incredible what I call God given comeback because I want you to know that if you came back from something you didn't do it by your own power or by your own might not by power nor by might but by my spirit says the Lord Samson, God-given power to come back, allowed him to defeat the very enemies who had humiliated him, who had blinded him, who had cut him off. One of my favorite scriptures in that whole story of Samson is this, and his hair grew back. <laughs> Here's what God told me. God said, they may have humiliated you for a while, but sooner or later, if you trust me, your hair will grow back. And God will make you stronger than ever. Thank God for Samson. And then another example is David. Considered perhaps the greatest king of all Israel. Some would say perhaps the greatest Old Testament biblical character of them all. And I will contend to you again that David is iconic today not because he was perfect. And not because he did not fall down. In fact, he fell down many times. But what makes David so special is that he kept getting up. <laughs> what makes it special is not how you fell down, but how you keep getting up. <laughs> how you keep just pulling yourself up. With the help of God, you get up over and over and over again. David kept getting up. And then Sister Ruth... <laughs> We preached from the book of Ruth last week as we talked about her mother-in-law, Naomi. Luke, one of the most popular women in the Bible, or perhaps because Ruth overcame so many hardships and heartaches. Ruth, the woman 
who had her hands in the dirt when Boaz noticed her. We love Ruth. She is an iconic figure of the Judea Christian faith today because Ruth bounced back. Ruth did not allow the obstacles of losing her husband, losing her resources to make her lose her relationship with God. Ruth came back. Everybody loves a great comeback story. And then before we get into the text, let me share two secular examples. One is perhaps one of my favorite athletes and human beings of all time, the formerly known Cassius Clay, who now is known as Muhammad Ali up until his death. Oh, we all love the greatest. We all love the greatest. Now, I contend, Deacon Abbott Simmons, what perhaps made Muhammad Ali so great, uh, not because he had more championships than anybody else. In fact, Joe Frazier beat him one time. And Joe Frazier from South Carolina was the champ. But nobody reveals and loves Joe Frazier like they love Muhammad Ali. What made Muhammad Ali so special is 1964, the United States government stripped him of his title and told him because he refused to go to Vietnam, it is all over with you. But Ali stood there in 1970 and when he won the title again and Ali say, I'm still the greatest. Uh, people love Muhammad Ali because he came back. Other example of an iconic athlete is somebody known as Michael Jordan. And we know the ton wagon, Michael Jordan, six-time NBA champ. Let me suggest to you perhaps what makes him even more iconic is what happened in 1995. Michael Jordan stopped playing for three years. Having lost his father, he lost the will to compete again in basketball. He tried his hand in minor league baseball, but he realized hitting a fastball may be harder than dunking a basketball, okay? And he could not make it, but in 1995, Michael Jordan lace up the shoelaces again, stepped on the court and won three more championships. Why? Because he came back. What are you saying, Pastor Jackson? It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter how many times you've been knocked down. You've got to get up at least one more time than you're knocked down. If they knock you down, keep getting up and get up again and brush yourself off and say, I am coming up and I'm coming out. Somebody somewhere ought to type, shout, text, come back. <laughs> come back. Everybody loves a good comeback story. Am I right about it? Which leads us into our text for today. Let us examine this text in the book of Ezra. It is a unique book consisting of 10 chapters and quite honestly half of the book is genealogy. Half of the book talks about the families of those who were the exiles of Judah who survived Babylon and came back which perhaps have no inspiration to us. But the first part of the book of Ezra is very inspirational. It talks about a great comeback. Our text 
records one of the most joyous times for the people of Judah. After years of captivity by the Babylonians, in 587 BC, the Babylonians and King Nebuchadnezzar invaded Judah, took over Judah and Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, took back with them young men and women of potential. Uh, they were in captivity in a strange place. Their spirits were crushed. Uh, the worshipers, the leaders, felt as if they could never sing God's song again. Psalms 137 is an example. There by the rivers of Babylon we wept. When we remember Jerusalem, we hung our musical instruments on the willow trees. They that carried us away in captivity, Psalms 137, required of us to sing the songs of Zion. And we responded, how can we sing God's song in a strange land? Something when your spirit is crushed. Something when you don't feel like getting out of the bed in the morning. Something. The enemy doesn't want your money. The enemy doesn't want your job. The enemy doesn't want your house. The enemy wants your joy. Wants to steal your joy. Such was the case. Now the people of Judah's spirits had been crushed. But God would do what only God could do. God raised up a deliverer and deliver them out of the hands of their enemies. See, here's what God's dropped in my spirit. I've been working on this message so long. God says, sometimes we expect to defeat the enemy. And God says, I've got another plan. Sometimes I would allow, listen to this, the enemies of your enemy to defeat your enemy. Did you catch it? Can I say that again? You don't always have to fight. Sometimes God will raise up the enemies of your enemy to defeat your enemy. Who defeated the Babylonians were not the Jews, were not the Israelites, but God. Whew. Raise up the Persians. Raise up a Persian secular king by the name of Cyrus. Cyrus, that's prophesied by Jeremiah in Jeremiah 25. Cyrus, that's called the Messiah of Deliverer in Isaiah chapter 45. God raised up King Cyrus. And God allowed King Cyrus to conquer Babylon who had defeated and destroyed Israel. Did you catch it? Did you catch it? I want to bless you with something. God says, I've got deliverance on its way but you have no need to fight this fight stand still and see Whew. I feel like preaching the salvation of God sometimes God can raise up an enemy of your enemy to defeat your enemy touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm how many of you know that God will work it out? Woo! Oh, y'all got me going. I'm not used to preaching to anybody, so I feel all right right now. Listen, listen. See, here's what God did. 
God raised up King Cyrus. The text says, and the Lord stirred the heart of Cyrus. The, the translation I like the most said, that, and the Lord touched the heart of King Cyrus. This wicked, secular, polytheistic, which meant he worshiped many gods, king. God touched his heart. Woo! That made him a worshiper of the God of Israel. Don't tell me what I, I'm trying to move on. But somebody just put a but God hollow on that. Just but God, but, but, but. Nobody, nobody but God. Listen, so Cyrus <laughs> defeats and he goes to the exiles in Judah. Those that Psalms 137 says hung their musical instruments on the willow tree. And Cyrus says, I'm going to set you free. Woo. And to all of those who are his people, God's people, and all of those that want to go back, I'm going there. I'll get there in a minute. I'm going to allow you to go back. You do know everybody don't want to come back. But... Uh, uh, some folk get used to Babylon. <laughs> Some folk kind of got used to Sunday in shorts in the backyard with a smartphone, said preach Pastor Jackson. But all of you that want to come back, can I preach? Cyrus says, I'm allow you to go back. Ooh, and I will allow you to rebuild your temple. To reestablish your place of worship. To reclaim the house of God. And then King Cyrus did something. He then directed his treasurer to return all the items of gold and silver that King Nebuchadnezzar stole from the temple of God. And King Cyrus says, give them back uh, to the people of Israel on their way to Jerusalem. Did somebody catch it? Uh, God said, not only will I send you back, but I help you reclaim everything you thought was lost. Can I preach somebody in here? Everything the enemy took, God says, I saved it for you. You thought it was lost for good, but here's your peace back. Here's your joy back. Here, here's your family back. Here are your resources back. God says, I will give you back everything the enemy stole. In fact, verse 11 of the text itemized all the things that they were given back. 5,400 articles of gold and silver. <laughs> Woo! Somebody shout, but God. Not one, not two, not three, but 5,400 articles of gold and silver. Nebuchadnezzar thought he stole it, but God said, I just housed it for you. I just put it in storage. Oh, can somebody help me? I'm trying to move on. 
But God says, I've got some things you thought you lost. God said, it was never lost. I just put it in storage for you so that when you get ready to go back, I can give you everything the enemy thought they stole. Somebody ought to give God a praise. Woo! Somebody ought to shout, I'm getting it back. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Woo! But God, but God, but God, but God, these, the chosen people of God, return to Jerusalem after a very difficult season in a very strange place. <laughs> mm, somebody go with me for a minute. After a difficult time in a very strange place, God says, you're going back. <laughs> you're coming back. Listen, my brothers and sisters, as I thought about this, I said, Lord, help me crystallize this. Give me at least three key insights of how they went back. Because you do know it's not just enough to come back. You've got to come back a certain way. Can I get a witness? Whole lot of folk want to come back the old way. Come back with the same old demons they used to have. Can I preach? Should I preach? But you've got to come back different than how you left. And the Lord said to me, there were three things that the exiles of Judah, those by the river of Babylon, three areas that they came back in. And I want to share them with you as we prepare for our own great comeback. Somebody ought to say, get ready to come back. But you ought to come back a certain way. Can I share with you three things and I'll be done. Number one is that you ought to come back stronger. Somebody shout stronger. Somebody type stronger. Somebody send the word out stronger. I heard Isaiah write, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Somebody say stronger. When you come back, you ought to come back stronger. The more weight you carry, the stronger you are. For 14 months, you walked around with weight on your shoulders. You walked around with weight in your family. You walked around with weight on your finances. Weight on your peace of mind. That weight did not destroy you, but it made you stronger. Somebody shout. Somebody shout. Come on, flex your muscles. Flex those muscles. I see you. I see you, Deacon James Simmons. I see you. After all the things I've been through, I'm stronger. I'm stronger. I'm like Sam.
redemption. I'm like Muhammad Ali. I'm coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let the church say yeah. Let the church say yeah. Second, may I preach this? Y'all just give me seven more minutes. <laughs> ah, number one, you come back stronger. Woo! But number two, you gotta come back better. I dare you to holler better. 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 Some folk went out with demons. You ought not come back with demons. You ought to come back better. 14 months of laying on your knees, praying to God without trying to pray cute, without trying to worship cute. You ought to have a better relationship with God. People you did not like in 2019, you ought to be over that now. Uh, issues you had back then, you ought to be over that now. You ought to come back better. In fact, if you can't come back better, stay home. I want y'all to hear me. I want to make sure you don't think that was a fraud of you slip, okay? Because I said that at eight, and I said, Lord, should I have said that? And I went over to the child of the house, and the Lord said, yeah, you should have said it. And said again, and said stronger. If you can't come back better, if you're coming back with those same old disruptive demons, if you're coming back dividing people and gossiping, and if you come back with infighting, I've got new, please do me a favor and stay home because the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former house. Come back, come back. Look at somebody say, come back, come back. Anybody ready to come back? you coming back in you ought to be better you ought to be better you ought to be better things that got on your nerve 14 months ago or not get on your nerve now somebody jump up one time and shout better 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 walk around your house and say I'm better I'm better I'm better at this scripture again. Hey guys, chapter 2 and verse 9. In fact, my son Antoine preached from this in November of last year and I wrote it down then and said, I'm going to preach that as a part of this series. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former. The glory you left is nothing compared to the glory that you're coming back in. 
See, we've got some leaders in here now. Somebody say, I can feel it right now. I can, I can feel it. After you've been through all the things you've been through, there's a fresh anointing on you. There's a glory. After your family has gone through all the things the enemy took you through, the enemy took some of you through hell and high waters. But guess what? You've made it, and you got a message for the enemy, a one-word message with a punctuation mark that says, Better! Somebody shout better! Come on, praise team. And here's the last one. Here's number three. Woo. May I preach this? Here's number three. If you went out, sad. Woo. <laughs> Can I preach this? If you went out, uh, depressed. If you went out and the devil stole your joy. When you come back, you ought to come back rejoicing. Look at somebody say, when I walk through the door, I'm going to be rejoicing. Like Mother Reese and Mother Josephine Anderson used to do. And when they walk through church, they'll be dancing. They don't need no music. They'll be shouting on you. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Anybody's going to come back rejoicing. Somebody rejoicing right now. Right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. Look at somebody and say, I've got my joy back. I've got my joy back. Tell the enemy, I've got it back. I've got it back. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Oh, can we take 30 seconds to put your best praise? Y'all get the center ready. Get the place ready. Get it ready. Get it ready. Get it. Woo! I've got my jaw back. I'm coming back. Elder Van Ellis, you've been through so much. But you got your joy. sitting there with masks on and I gotta go. I wanna leave you with one scripture. One more scripture. Psalms Psalms 126 verses 5 and 6 NIV translation put it on the screen so that everybody can see it. Uh, Those who sow with tears will reap <laughs> with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, you may have left weeping, 
shall come back. We'll return with songs of joy, carrying the harvest with them. Look at somebody and say, neighbor, I'm coming back stronger, better, rejoicing. I'm coming back stronger, better, rejoicing. grab that mic if you've been through what I Hold that to next week. <laughs> Listen. Ooh. I feel something, y'all. Stronger. Better. Rejoicing. The enemy thought you would give up. But the enemy doesn't know you were built for this. <laughs> Just for this. Listen. Yes, we're coming back. Ooh. Next Sunday, we're coming back. But we're coming back stronger, better, and rejoicing. Maybe there's somebody right now, wherever you are, Ooh. you've been knocked down. You've had a rough time. Ooh. Family crisis, financial crisis. I've got a prophetic word for you. You're coming back. <laughs> But you're not just coming back. Because you know what? If you got to come back the same old way you left, why come back? Amen. I'm coming back stronger, better, and rejoicing. Martha Manuza wrote this song that perhaps is so appropriate. Your ladder will be greater. I want somebody to know that God's got something in store for you so much greater than what you've been through, what you left. King Cyrus says, and all of God's people that want to go back, go back and reestablish your temple. Whew. Now, perhaps you're not there yet. Whew. And I understand. But there's so many of you who are just just not just from a physical comeback, but you're ready to turn the corner in your minds. Amen, somebody. You're ready to say, God, I'm ready for the next season in my life. Your ladder will be greater than your past. Ooh, you will be blessed <laughs> more than you could ask. <laughs> Despite all that has been done, <laughs> mm, the best is yet to come. <laughs> Can I prophesize? And your ladder, ooh, 
looking someone in the eyes right now, wherever you are, and your ladder will be greater than your past. All things are possible. The lyrics of the song goes on to say, all things are possible. The best is yet to come. Somebody help me lift your hands and say, our best is yet to come. Why? Because your ladder will be greater than your past. Kristen Williams, the worship team here at Bible Way, come right now. Will be greater than your past. Ooh, yeah. You will be blessed. <laughs> More. More than you Ooh. could have. Despite of all. God's speaking to someone right now, wherever you, you are. Will be blessed. You will be blessed. Uh, All the worshipers, come on. All the faith walkers. said something to us through the writings of the man of God by the name of Ezra and those who returned back to Jerusalem they were to return back stronger Isaiah 40 and 31 but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength <laughs> <Whew>. <laughs> Somebody's got some new strength. 
You've got some strength you didn't even know you had. <laughs> yeah. And then we are to return as they did, not only stronger, but to return better. The glory, Haggai 2 and 9, King James Version, says the glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former house, said the Lord of hosts. And then, not only are we returning stronger and better, but we are returning with joy and rejoicing. I love Psalms 126. <laughs> the last part of, of the verse 6 says, Those who go out weeping, <laughs> those who leave weeping, shall return, carrying the seed to sow. <laughs> Your weeping were just seeds you were sowing. We'll return with songs of joy, carrying the sheaves or carrying the harvest with them. God says, not only will you come back, listen, but you're going to come back with something. You're going to have a harvest with you that God has allowed you to reap for all the things you've gone through. Yes, your ladder will be greater. Come on, somebody and know it. Close those eyes right now as we conduct this altar, this virtual altar. To those of you that are here, the leaders that are here, amen, just lift those hands in prayer, amen, amen. The altar is not necessarily a physical place. It doesn't always have to be up front. It doesn't always have to stand near you, wherever you are. Everybody has an altar. <laughs> and we are anointing everybody. There's anybody in here and you want a special prayer, if you want uh, anything special, you want to be saved, whoever you, wherever you are, if you're viewing, call us. There's a number on the screen. If there's a special prayer request of anyone who's here, amen. As we prepare to come back, it's going to be different, but it's going to be better. Amen. Amen. The ministers and the elders will be available to pray with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, we thank you. God, we bless you. Thank you for reminding us that we're coming back. And we're not just coming back, but we're coming back stronger. Isaiah says, they shall find new strength. The King James says, they shall renew their strength. Thank you for reminding us that the glory that we're coming back to is going to be greater than the glory we left because the glory of the latter house is greater than that of the former house. Haggai prophesies. And then thank you for reminding us that we may have left in tears. We all were so sad on that Sunday in March, which was our last virtual service. Whew couldn't see each other couldn't fellowship hearts were broken did not know what was ahead 
but the devil is a liar <laughs> because we're going to come back rejoicing not with a sad testimony but with a testimony of joy carrying the harvest with us and we say thank you thank you because the best is yet to come and greater is on its way this is our prayer in your name we pray and give thanks and wherever you are come on join in right now call that number on the screen text us right now right now yeah, yeah. somebody ought to send out a message the best send out a message to your children to your nieces and nephews to your friends to your co-workers the best is yet Listen, before the benediction, we want to again invite you to participate in our vision offering. God told us to do something that was somewhat strange for our ministry and how God has told us to prepare for the future. But we have, for the last five plus years, had a faith offering. We've asked all of our members to contribute $500 above their tithe and offerings so that we could eliminate debt and do what God has called us to do. You did it, they did it in such a powerful way. But as we enter into 2021, God says a vision offering of $7 a week. No special offerings, no anniversary offerings, no Pentecost offerings. We didn't have a resurrection offering. It was $7 a week. And God says... I'll help you prepare for the future with just that. And God has done just that. This morning before I entered the pulpit, I opened a letter from a couple from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Sent a letter. Deacon Haywood talking about how the service has touched and $1,000 for the vision. God says, ask for seven, but they'll give more. Before I got on the pulpit this morning at 8, Pastor Mac reached over and showed me a letter and a check from his next door neighbor. And that check was for $100 for the vision. And he says, I support what God is doing. Ooh. See, God says, I'll show you how it's done. And when it's done with just small contributions, Nobody could say, boy, that Pastor Jackson knows how to raise money. No, I don't. But God knows how. Amen. God is doing it and God will do it. Thank you for your gifts. Write that check. Put a seed for your children and your children's children. Every week, I sow $7, not just for my wife and I, but for every grandchild we have. We sow that seed every week. And say, Lord, thank you, because I declare the best is yet to come. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you 
to all of you. We're looking forward to seeing you on next week. Don't forget to notify us. It's not registration. You don't have to register to come. We just want you to notify us so that we'll know how to prepare and we'll know how many we can expect. We know that the CDC has changed some of its guidelines. Masks are going to be recommended. Uh, but to those of you that have been totally vaccinated, it's your choice. Amen. But let me say to those of you who have not been vaccinated, I suggest and highly recommend that you wear your mask. Uh, not because what you're going to do to me, but what you can do to yourself. Okay. And so we, we encourage you to do that. Go out and get vaccinated. Let us come back and let us come back. How are we coming back? Somebody say we're coming back stronger. Come on, how are we coming back? Somebody say we're coming back better. How are we coming back? Somebody say we're coming back rejoicing. Come on right now. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, may he rest with us, may he walk with us, may he guide us, may he protect us every step we take, and may we honor him in the process. It is in his name we pray and we accept his covering as we leave this place. And the church said amen, and the virtual audience said amen, the best is yet to come. God bless you. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. We'd like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in to our broadcast. If you desire prayer, please do not hesitate to call 1-888-776-1238. There'll be someone there to pray for and with you. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to both members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account. You can give via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will also be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Now, if you feel as if this message was a blessing to you, or if you are moved by the message in any way, please be sure to share with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website. That's bwcar.org. We miss you, we love you, and we cannot wait to worship safely in person with you again. Bible Way family, my name is Sierra Artemis, and on behalf of Bible Way Church of Atlas Road, I have some very important news to share with you. We're planning to return to limited in-person worship on May 23rd for Sunday morning worship services only, and we want to let you in on a few changes. We know the pandemic created a unique set of challenges, and we've worked tirelessly to keep our worship format the same. And while you all participated virtually, the physical church has been empty, and your absence has echoed throughout the worship center. 
Now, in order to ensure your safe return, we've been working closely with SEDHEC and health experts to develop ways to implement COVID safety and sanitation protocols with upgrades to our ventilation systems, restrooms, and common areas. Among those changes, we're asking for you to let us know if you and your family plan to participate in in-person worship service. You can do that by signing in online at bwcar.org or by dialing 1-888-776-1238. This is to ensure that we don't go over the recommended capacity for our 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. services. The notification form will be available each Monday beginning at 9 a.m. for services the following week and will end on each Thursday at 5 p.m. You can begin to sign in for the initial services for Sunday, May 23rd, as early as Monday, May 17th. We certainly understand if you don't feel comfortable returning to in-person worship yet, so we encourage you to continue to worship with us online via our website, that's bwcar.org, or on Facebook. We will have more information as we get closer to in-person worship, so be sure to visit our website for updates. We miss you, and we're excited to welcome you back as we begin to safely worship in person again. We appreciate your prayers, patience, and support during these unusual times. God bless you. Cannot wait to see you again.